0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Real Estate Podcast, the intersection between the latest trends in real estate and its impact on our everyday lives. We're your hosts, Alex Norman.
1: And Jamie Blonde. And you've come to the right location. The real estate starts now. In today's episode, Modern Day Cruising, we explore the intersection between location and the cruising experience, where Alex and I will discuss cruising on the high seas and its similarities to life on land. This is an on-location episode with Alex from a cruise ship sailing in the Caribbean as we speak.
0: With that, and no pun intended, Alex, please take us out. Ahoy, mate. This is a fun topic. Because as Jamie mentioned, I'm currently cruising with family on Royal Caribbean on the maiden voyage of the largest ship ever built, the Wonder of the Seas. For most, you're either one who cruises or one who doesn't. Personally, this is my second cruise and it's totally different uh, from the first, but more on that later. But for those of you that may not be familiar with cruising, passenger cruising can be tracked back to the 1800s when ships were mainly used for transporting cargo and mail. Steamships were introduced by the 1930s and dominated the transatlantic passenger market. The British North American Royal Mail steam packet, now the Cunard, as they call it, um, took passenger comfort to a whole new level taking a cow on board to supply fresh milk during a 14-day transatlantic crossing. By the that was 19- a lot of work
1: for one cow.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that poor,
1: poor, tired
0: cow. Right out. <laughs> By the 1900s, cruise ships became the epitome of glamour and sophistication as they were designed to resemble luxurious five-star hotels in an attempt to mask the discomfort of sea travel. The tradition of dressing for dinner was introduced to add the romantic image of sailing. In fact, I remember the classic top hats and tails from the from the movie Titanic, which, which actually, by the way, sank in 1911. But as one would expect, World War I stopped leisure cruising with many ships uh, commandeered for the war effort. And it wasn't until uh, uh, when World War II ended uh, that ocean travel resumed. Of course, you know, we can remember the movies of uh, uh German U-boats gunning down cruise ships that were crossing crossing the Atlantic. But yeah, the 1960s, that would be a
1: negative. That'd probably be a negative for the industry.
0: <laughs> the, yeah, definitely. Um in the 1960s cruise talk, line, about being, talk about an exciting vacation. Iceberg, wait. No. Um
1: in the 1960s, cruise <laughs> No, it's not an iceberg. don't worry. It's just, to get, just a U-2 boat.
0: <laughs> um, in the 1960s, cruise lines reemerged with ships fitted out with entertainment and other amenities. Cruises were uh, then marketed to general public as an overall holiday package, and the voyage being as enjoyable as the destination where the cruise was going. This type of cruise became immortalized in the 1970s hit television series, The Love Boat, which was featured... Uh, on a Princess Cruise line. And many cruises reported a boom in business as a direct result of that television show. I mean, what a show that was.
1: Not only that, to this day, and I've been on a Princess princess Cruise, when they leave port, they play the first few notes. (laughs) Which was the theme of of the show. And you're right. That is when I think a lot of people from my generation really discovered the idea of cruising and it was portrayed as glamorous meeting people falling in love gorgeous locations who who wouldn't want to take a vacation like that and at the time it seemed like it was expensive i don't know how expensive it was versus other vacations but in this day and age when you consider all that's included it's actually quite a reasonable way for a lot of people to travel
0: well, I mean, it's not just traveling from one place to the other. In some cases, the destination is actually not even as important as the experience of the, the route to it. Right. So to go from Orlando to Mexico or Orlando to the Bahamas, that could take you a half hour or maybe you know an hour and 15 minutes by plane. And so, boom, you're there and you have a Bahamas experience. But it's going to take you three days to get there by boat. And it's like, well, you know, you know, it's not the most efficient way to travel. So, the experience of the twenty-four hours of food, twenty-four hours of drink, especially if you get the drink package, uh, is a kind of the thing. It's a, it's 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 a part of the experience altogether.
1: That is why ships have created these virtual cities where you can do almost anything that you do on your day-to-day life. You can do that on the ship, especially when the ship has, like you say, has a day or two to get from one destination where you get off the ship and see something or enjoy something to another. Your day at days at sea, you can do everything from get your coffee at Starbucks to get your workout in to see a movie to uh you know to mingle with friends to catch a show. You're absolutely right. And I think that was necessary to to avoid the boredom of being on a ship for so long in between stops.
0: Well, I mean, not just the boredom, right? I mean, there's just so much, there's so much going on, uh, on a ship, right? I mean, you've got, um, the actual journey, you've got the waves, you know, some people are just motion sickness and have issues with just the travel on water. So that, how to deal with stabilizing the boat so you actually can function and walk around without having to hold on to something. And then, of course, there's the, there's the danger of being on the open seas weather and icebergs in some cases. And so there's a lot of factors that are involved that make um, potentially sea travel uh, uncomfortable. And then you've got, so you've got the, the, okay, how do you make it more comfortable, but then how do you make it like amazing for you, for your grandmother, for your kids uh, and for you and your, and your, your bachelorette or bachelor crew that wants to have a good time. So it's a really interesting dynamic on how a cruise ship and a cruise company can manage multiple experiences in a lot of different in multiple people in different ways.
1: That's a great point. It's just like a city in the sense that whether you're active or you're inactive, whether you're old, whether you're young, whether you're a family starting out or a family of 12, or whether you're single looking to mingle, a cruise ship can provide almost anything, and as a matter of fact, now cruise lines have 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 kind of categorized different types of cruises, different types of ships for different types of populations. So that's it's becoming even maybe a little more specialized now as we go more into more advanced types of cruises, different types of boats can go to different places that you couldn't go to before because they're smaller or they're bigger, etc. Um, I do want to make one point, though, for our listeners, which is for those of you that have ever wondered how the hell can we keep making these boats bigger and bigger with roller coasters and 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 putting greens and and they don't they don't sink. We have to shout out to Archimedes, the Greek mathematician, considered one of the greatest mathematicians in ancient history, who did a lot of work around surface areas of spheres and ellipses and parabolas. But he came up with the Archimedes buoyancy principle. And basically, it boils down to this. If the water you displace is heavier than the item displacing the water, the boat will float. It'll float. So because although these ships are full of metal and heavy, they have a lot of compartments that are full of air, that makes their overall density lighter than the water that they displace when they drop in the ocean. And that force pushes the boat up and allows it to float. I I just think it's just another great example of how science even looking way back through centuries has made our lives more exciting and interesting
0: well thank you Archie did a great job (laughs) all of us us and and you
1: Jughead and you Veronica
0: (laughs) (laughs) so to that point I'll have to point out that you know I'm happen to be on the largest ship ever built so far it's the length of uh uh 1188 feet which is massive it holds a capacity of about 7000 passengers it was just built in 2022 is about if people you know those who care about the tonnage it's 236850% Oh, about 50 uh, 57 tons uh, and it was it was built in, in the bahamas but the more interesting fact is the amount of food uh, consumed right on the ship, it's it's incredible. By over the loudspeaker yesterday, they were saying that that uh, eighty six thousand eggs were consumed, eighteen thousand bottles of beer, and seven thousand lobsters, among other uh, among other goodies. So a lot, a lot of a, a big big boat, uh, a lot of people, and a lot of stuff to make people happy. <laughs>
1: Well, it's interesting. I remember reading once for some of these cruise ships. If you stood them on end, they're taller than the Empire State Building. It's actually phenomenal how enormous these ships are. And what's interesting is just like a city, there is a societal hierarchy within the cruise ship. There are those that are multiple cruisers who have advantages and they can get... Uh, They can, uh, they get to go to specific private sun decks that the rest of the population can't use. They can get early access to make reservations at restaurants, just like a VIP in a city would have an access to, I would have the VIP line to make his reservation. You know, I think there's, there's, there's upgrades that you have, that you can get. Um, there's priority boarding There's So, and then there's the people that are taking the cruise for the first time and they're working and they're like the tourists in the city. They're kind of trying to get the feel for the ship and they don't really know what they have to sign up for and where to go next. And for them, it's an experience like being in a new city for the first time and you're learning where to get your lunch and what show you want to go to. So it really is like a city in the sense that the population really has has hierarchy has 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 differences of of background and of origin that you would
0: get in a city. Yeah, well, it's funny you mention that because there's a lot that has changed in this business and a lot that hasn't right And so the early days as i mentioned as we all have seen in movies like titanic you had classes you had the top hats and tails and you had like steerage and then you had everyone in between and those in steerage were pretty much screwed if anything went wrong because they were the closest to the engine right um but in in not day cruises it's not that Similar, right? Though, you know, you, you do pay for a better class, uh, obviously. Uh, and a lot of the comforts and conveniences that you that you have on land, you can mimic, you know, on a cruise, right? The obviously fine dining, uh, exclusive access to events, as you mentioned. Um, but there's also, um, uh, there, you know, there are people that come from all over the country and all over the world in their own, with their own degrees of comfort, right? And some people... Um, a, a cheesecake factory is like a, a great night out, and to others maybe not so much. And you can get all that type of experience, uh, and you could remove yourself from it. I mean, you could literally have diff- two different people on a boat and have c- two completely different experiences. I mean, you can avoid um, the riffraff depending on how big the boat is. I and mean, if it's if it's massive like the one I'm on. You can basically avoid people, which I, which I gotta do. Which you uh, are doing, uh, pretty much. More, yeah, every chance I get. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, or, or you can, or you can just sort of jump in headfirst into the into the, in the mosh pit of of humans. But you know, but more importantly, with these large cruise ships, you have a large, you know, with a large group of passengers, you have even a larger group of staff. And these are people that you know, are obviously running the ship, you know, and, and engines and all that jazz, but also. Uh, waitresses and waiters and concession stand people and all that. So there's a massive army of people that you don't even see. I mean, there's there's people that you see because they're serving you food or whatever, but there are people that you don't even see that are behind the scenes in another part of the ship doing their thing that are on the boat for months. I mean, sometimes these these show these boats leave dry dock or whatever wherever they are and they they're off at and tra- traveling and at sea for ten months. So you have these people with who basically devoted their, their you know the majority of their lives um to serving on a cruise and obviously if you're you know if you're a jazz drummer it's probably the best gig you're ever gonna get but you know if for others maybe not so much but it's it's really interesting when you think about the dynamics of the people that both sail for fun and sail for um uh for work
1: Well, definitely shout out to all those employees who work on these cruise ships because it is a hard job and you are, you are away from family and from your home for a long period of time. Uh, it's usually younger people, I think, because they have the stamina and they have, and they have the interest in traveling and seeing the world. Um, it's kind of reminds me of club med way back in the day when you went to different club meds and the people that work there were having as much fun almost as the guests, you know, mingling with the guests, doing fun things, exploring different parts of the world as you move from club med to club med and they, their experiences were tremendous. And most of them did it when they were young, when you have that time where you can take time and travel and work and, and not have to, not have to drop roots in one place for a particular reason. I also think it's interesting. You made an interesting point about how there's you can either want to meet people or not want to meet people. You know, there's Disney cruises where it's all families and it's all about the kids. And there's Virgin, which just came into the cruise industry, which is all about singles and partying and all kinds of restaurants and all more bars than any other. And again, I think in that ship, they want you to mingle. The whole idea is you get on that ship to mingle. And and it's and it's amazing that the same type of vacation can be completely different depending on not only the group you're with but the ship you're on.
0: Well, you know it's funny you mentioned that because there's so many different cruise lines, and actually I, I should mention them um, uh, because it's very important for everyone on our our show to know the different types of ships. But they're not all the same, to your point. Some of them are designed for a certain type of experiences and to be good at certain things and others. Of course, obviously, that helps from a marketing standpoint to differentiate themselves and get different types of passengers that are actually a little bit more like each other. So for example, there there's two main classes, let's just call them. One mega ship class, those are class ships that are Uh, more than 4,000 passengers. And then there's the large ship uh, category, which are roughly between 2,500 to 4,000 passengers. In the mega ship category, there is Royal Caribbean, uh, MSC cruises and Norwegian cruise lines. Uh, Norwegian just recently won an award for the best cruise um, in in the world, in fact. And and the large ship category is obviously a lot bigger because the because only it's only recently that you see um, these mega ship class um, uh, cruises on the water, because it's very expensive to build, long lead times, and all that good stuff. But the large ship category, you have Royal Caribbean. Uh, you have Carnival Cruise Lines, which is the largest sh- company in the world. Uh, MSC, as you mentioned, uh, Princess Cruise Lines, which is the love boat we all we, uh, all love. Uh, Cunard, which is a transatlantic. They're, they're known for their their. Um, crossing the pond if you will uh ships Holland America Disney which is a great um great uh, cruise ship for families uh Celebrity Cruises if you remember the Celebrity Cruises those commercials back of the day were pretty amazing Voyage Virgin Voyages and then Norwegian so there are there are, there are uh and I think Norwegian I think Virgin actually there is they don't allow children Actually, it's no, no. It's only adults, uh, which is, um, which is lends itself. Let too. me let me
1: write that down. That's that's a good.
0: Apparently, they had their own tattoo parlor on the boat. Uh, so I think they had a maiden voyage. Yeah, I can't, <laughs> can't wait.
1: Well, you, you also, also, there's also Silver Sea uh, and uh, Seaborn, which are even smaller, very high right. end ships that are right. that that allow that allow you to go into ports a call that you wouldn't uh, normally. Matter of fact, my cousin and her husband are huge uh cruisers they've cruised all over the world and they're going over new year's down to argentina to cruise across drake's passage into antarctica which is just a what a tremendous trip i mean it's a it's a once in a lifetime trip
0: we can't you can't of course you can't dock in antarctica you have to take a helicopter to get on there right because i mean talk about ice no i think
1: they take no, I think they take, I think the ship gets close enough and they take tenders out onto the ice, onto the ice. And then you walk on the ice with the penguins, the whole thing. I'll get the whole scoop when she gets back. But they even have a submarine underneath the ice, which is just sounds so cool. A That's, little a James phone, Bond.
0: That's a James Bond situation for sure. Yeah.
1: You know, I'll tell you what's funny. Um, I've been on, uh, I think two cruises or three cruises, I think two cruises. Um, and there's good and bad. I love the idea of not having to unpack. Uh, you know, I'm the kind of person that likes to try to maximize a vacation. So if I go someplace for 10 or 12 days, I like to see at least two cities or maybe three if I can. But that's a lot of work and effort to pack and unpack, to check in and check out, to go to the airport and come back. The great thing about the cruise ship is you check in and you unpack once. And every place you go, whether you want to go off the ship or not, you never have to unpack again until you, until you leave. And I think that's, that's a real positive for me. Not to mention, um, like you meant, like you said, all the advantages and and all the things you can do on the ship. One of which I have to bring up is gambling.
0: Well, I don't know if that's good. Okay. I don't all know if right. that's well, good right. or bad. Well, There's a I casino mean, on the ship. It, it was well, good for the casino because the house always wins. Let me just unpack the unpack situation. For me, I never unpack. I mean, i have always like, my suitcase is my drawer. So I don't, I don't know the difference between unpacking. Like, where do you put your clothes? Do you put your clothes actually in that, like, random drawer cabinet that they give you that like, you don't know what's worth. What's I granted. read once
1: that it's very healthy when you get to a place you're visiting to unpack right away and and basically create your space and wherever I Unhealthy, go, whatever hotel what it,
0: or uh, like for what like it's, it's just it's I mean, healthy I mean, me- mentally carrots. that you that you fit I mean, in healthy.
1: that you I don't I don't re- I don't remember okay. I don't remember okay know. Freud I don't remember the psychology behind
0: it putting your <laughs> underwear in in a drawer but I like. well I.
1: It makes it a lot easier to go get it. Let me ask you this. What do you do with your old with your dirty laundry? You throw it back uh, into the same bag as the no, clean
0: laundry? No, because I you know, most suitcases you pile it on the like, floor in the closet. No, most suitcases have a like a little compartment. So I put it in a in a bag, you know, I bring in a little extra bags and I put like a little trash bag or whatever, and I put the little dirty clothes in it, and then I put it in the in the, the side pocket, basically. I mean, that's how that's how I've always done it. It seems to work perfectly fine for me. I unpack everything hang everything
1: know. up. I mean, what, what about your shirts and your pants that are wrinkled? You don't hang them up?
0: Yeah, I hang them up. Well, I mean, I that okay. So that I put it in the on the hanger. Okay. okay. Oh, all right. Wow. I mean that's so, what I mean I don't consider that unpacking. I consider that, you know, you know, letting my clothes breathe. Um I, like I <laughs> okay. my I okay. put your, your
1: clothes breathed yeah. by being taken from being packed. To I, a place where they're not packed
0: all right well look I, and look, hung up look if i if i'm gonna have a linen <laughs> a linen shirt i'm gonna want to take it out of the bag for sure okay and then i want to hang it up and i want to maybe press it just in case i'm going someplace fancy um but the underwear not so much but um well, let me <laughs> ask you this
1: you move around a lot you travel a lot and when you travel you like to travel you'll travel two three places the one place and you'll move around a lot you try to encompass a lot you try to pack a lot into your no pun intended into your vacation Perhaps that's why you're like that. It, it would be easier in that case, not that if you're, if you're going to have to do it every two, three days. Yeah, it's a pain in the yeah, ass. I yeah, get yeah,
0: that. Yeah, exactly. And plus, and plus, the, I don't have to go too deep into this topic, but uh, there's a lot of stress and science uh, with packing. It, you know, like, I mean, I, I'm very strategic at how and I pack. And when I pack, I, I literally, I mean, I, I generally overpack. So when I do, I'm really diligent about how to fit things in, like, you know, in the space that I have. And so for me to have to do that over and over again is, is brutal. And, and I'd rather like stick with the solution that I had laid out and just work with that. As opposed to re, re, having to rethink it because then that's just too much going on. It's,
1: it's funny you say that because I used to always overpack. I'd, I'd go on a vacation and end up having a bunch of stuff I never even wore. Right. And so now what I do is when I pack, just before I finalize a suitcase, I go back and I take out 25% of the stuff.
0: Well, I'm usually taking out 25% of the stuff at the airport. Well, the guy says, hey, you're like <laughs> you're like, two, you're like three pounds overweight. I'm like, I'm taking out my shoes. I'm like looking around to everyone. It's like, is this like two pounds? <laughs> okay,
1: listen, I will, gi- I will give a tip to all our listeners for travel before I talk about my, my gambling story on the ship. But really quick, you are allowed to bring amongst everything with you a pillow on a plane. And it does not count as your carry-on or as your purse or, or, your, na- or your backpack. So carry an empty pillow case with you. And if you are ever at the airport and you're overweight, take a bunch of shirts out. Put them in the pillowcase, then check the bag. Take the pillowcase on. Doesn't cost you a penny.
0: And so the attendants are not don't have a dictionary in front of them and look at the definition of a pillow. And so <laughs> okay, all right. A bag full of shoes.
1: They is, don't. They don't care case. what's in the pillow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's a pillow. All right. All right.
1: <laughs> exactly. Now, I gotta quickly tell my craps story because anybody that knows craps knows craps is a very unique game. Number one, if you
0: oh. Oh my God. Hold on. I, I can't wait to hear this story because I was literally going to call you um, for your uh, advice on craps because I totally forgot how to play it. And then, you Okay. Know. So okay. craps, so I gotta, I gotta what's amazing this. about
1: craps is there's two things that are interesting about craps. The first is if you play with the house, it's the best odds on the casino floor. Right. The second thing is it's the only game where you can play where you can bet with the guy or against the person. You can bet with the shooter or you can bet with the house. Both ways you can you can bet. And for me, I normally bet with the house. I'm very methodical. I'm not into the yelling and screaming. I'm basically, I'm I'm quiet. I bet with the house. I'm betting against the people shooting the dice, rolling the dice, shooting the dice. Usually at a craps table, almost everybody is looking for a hot shooter and they're all betting with the person. So when I'm betting against the shooter, I'm also betting against almost everybody else who's surrounding me at the table. So it's not necessarily the most popular strategy but i never bet against myself at any point in my life in any situation but
0: it's and so when smart- the dice it's a smart to, strategy because that, that, ho- that, the if, house you, if you want to make
1: wins. money that's it if you start strategy if you play the house with a couple of tweaks that's the best way to make money but when the dice rolls around and comes to me i can't play that way when i'm throwing the dice because then i'm betting against myself and let me tell you, plenty of times in cold tables, I have not bet against myself. I would have made a fortune had I bet against myself, but I never bet against myself. So anyway, we're on this cruise, the first cruise ship I've ever taken. And the dice, and, I, and I'm making, uh, I, I start with 100, I'm big. I'm one fifty, one seventy five. I'm 150, 175. I don't bet big. I don't like to lose too much money, but I'm enjoying the game. But <clears throat> it's kind of a cold table. And then the dice comes to me and I have to change my strategy because now I'm shooting the dice. So now I start betting with me and I cannot lose. No matter what I throw, I don't crap out. If the point is eight, I make the eight. If the point is six, I only make the six. I make it three, three, hard six, which I've also bet on. Now the table is starting to get excited because as people see me winning, they're betting with me. Now we're about 15 minutes in, the table is packed, and everybody's betting with me, and we're all making money and cheering. Some woman I don't even know keeps coming over and giving me a kiss, and unfortunately she was not (laughs) attractive enough for me to want to pursue that, but it was still a nice nice gesture. Got to the point where they had to stop to bring in more chips because the, all the chips were all spread out amongst all the players. Oh, well, and finally, fun. I finally crapped out after about 35 minutes, the greatest role I ever had. But I got to tell you, I was legendary. I could not walk around on that ship for the rest of the cruise without somebody clapping me on the back. Hey, great
0: roll, great roll. Well, you know, it's funny. We should definitely on a future show have someone from the casino business uh, on to, to talk and tell us a bit more about that. And, but I, to your point about, about being on the cruise ship and then being a celebrity, there's a lot of that. I feel like in a lot of ways being on a cruise ship is kind of like being back in college. Uh, where you're kind of contained, you have people that are from different places around the country, around the world, and you kind of have to make friends or not. I mean, you have like the cool kids, (laughs) you have, you know, the ones that are keep to themselves. You have the people that are really good at some sports, maybe it's casinos, or maybe they're really good at the wave runner machine, or they're really good basketball players in the basketball court upstairs or whatever. And you've got this dynamic and then you see each other every day. And you see each other every day at the one place where you see each other each other every day in in, in college or university is the confiteria. at the cafeteria. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's 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 this dynamic that is quite is quite interesting and ironically enough. For the most part you're all eating the same food you're experiencing the same thing so whatever good times you're having it's shared whatever bad times you're having is shared and all all of a sudden you feel like part of one giant community so I think from a cruising standpoint there there's some things that mimic um you know so the real world in real cities uh but there's things that are just the best of it and there's just things that are the worst of it the best of it in the sense that you don't see bob and jane every day um uh, uh perhaps from your hometown in, in in pohunk alabama wherever that is um because now you can see uh, steve and and mary from somewhere else uh but at the same time you don't see bob and jane who you love and you want to hang out with you have to you're, you're kind of stuck with um with, with whomever is in front of you or sitting at the table at that time so you have to adapt Um, if you, if you want to enjoy it or not, Um, you could do whatever you want, but the experience on a cruise is very interesting. And it's one of those things where you have to really make an effort, um, to enjoy it. Uh, you really, you have to go to the shows, you have to, um, power through the meals. You have to power through some of the distractions that, that occur. You have to,
1: you have to embrace it all.
0: You have to embrace it all.
1: So given that you're on a ship right now, Alex, let's talk about what we, what we might think or want for the future of cruising. Anything come to mind of what you'd like to see in the future on ships based on what you're seeing right now or things that they should change or improve?
0: Wow, that is a really good question. I mean, there's so much advancement uh, on cruises already. I mean, being on a maiden voyage of the largest cruise that ever existed.
1: Is there a roller coaster on your ship?
0: Uh, a, a, a big slide or something there, there's a slide there's a couple of slides there's zip lines there's rock climbing there's we'll, an
1: open atrium right it's open there's, in there's the back a, right there's
0: an open atrium throughout the middle of the ship front and back there's massive high-tech water shows going on i mean it's pretty it's pretty massive it feels like you're in like like Aventura Mall, <laughs> okay. You're like a like literally Disneyland. Mall. Disneyland. Well, no, more like Mall of America, right? Because some of these large malls in America have uh, recreation activities somewhere in the middle, or and they have food courts. It feels it it definitely feels like walking through a mall, like one of the Simon properties or what have you that we talked about earlier in the show, one of our earlier episodes. Uh, but yeah, so it, it feels kind of like that. So the future, I would say. Perhaps a bit more compartmentalized. I think what we're finding is that a lot of these ships try to be all things to all people, and I think that was kind of the model in which um, you know sort of cruise ships ran or kind of the, the banner that they ran, they flew under, if you will. Um, and then you have more specialized cruises for one particular type of customer. But I think if you want a big ship, you I'd want to see a bit more compartmentalization of experiences. So less of the the big dining area for everybody and a bit more smaller um, experiences, a bit more, a bit less of the, hey, there's a, there's a club uh, that everyone now can play and listen to DJ music. But like, you know, some for people that are in their twenties, and some people, some clubs for people that are over thirty. It's just sort of compartmentalizing that. Maybe a little hip hop, maybe a little country music, maybe a little salsa, whatever that may be. Those experiences need to be a bit separated. I think.
1: Yeah, and I think Virgin, as we talked about before, is 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 trying to uh, uh, capitalize on yeah. <clears throat> on that demand. I would also say for me. One of the things I don't like about cruising is that, for the most part, most cruises you don't get a chance to spend the night at the location you're visiting, whether it's an island or right. a city. You have to be back on the ship at five o'clock. Now, of course, the advantage of that is you already paid for your dinner on the ship; you might as well eat on the ship. But for me, if I'm going to do a ship that's visiting, uh, you know, uh, uh, Scandinavia, and you're doing Stockholm and Helsinki and and Copenhagen. To be able to have the ship spend the night so you can go out into the city and you can actually experience what these cities are like in the evening, a restaurant, a show or a club. Whereas really, you're only getting to see the daytime view of these places you're visiting. You're not getting to see the evening because you've got to come back on the ship. And so I think and I know some of the smaller ships, like I mentioned earlier, they do have cruises where they spend a couple of nights in different cities so you can get off and on the ship. The other problem is, of course, if you go off the ship and you meet somebody, you can't bring them on the ship. So, so there are some limitations to this type of travel. Whereas if you're in a hotel and you go out a bunch of people and you meet some fun people, you can come back to the hotel. You can, you can party later on at night. You can, you, know, you can build friendships. You can't really do that on a ship. You're limited to the people that are on the ship. Not anybody you might meet at any location you're at. So there are some things that they, if they can figure out how to tweak to make the experience a little more encompassing, I think I would enjoy it a lot more.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, I think I, I when I go off ship, I, I, totally think about wow what would it be like if I missed if I missed the ship the boat left without me right and I know that if I go out late I mean what okay but is it, you know it's it two o'clock is it four o'clock can I spend the entire night like what what can I do if you if you give me a rope long enough to hang myself I probably will and I'll miss the boat and my passport will, will sail away back to the back to the USA and then I'm stuck so i don't know i get it you know there's there's some benefits but it's also (laughs) it's like you
1: you come back to your hotel two minutes late and the hotel (laughs)
0: left
1: (laughs) i was literally in the virgin islands we were coming back to the ship and we were a little nervous because we were on the beach and the taxi was taking a little while in traffic but we got there with plenty of time and as we get out of the cab we see two people running like mad (laughs) to a ship that was right in docked right in front of our ship and that ship had was literally pulling out and they get to the dock and they stand there watching everything they own leave all their (laughs) passports, their clothing you're literally standing there with your wallet everything you own is on the ship and it's gone you got to find a way to fly to the next location otherwise how else you get on the ship
0: yeah that's crazy i mean that's definitely a problem that You could probably solve a lot easier now than like 10 years ago, but it's still a nightmare.
1: Well, listen, I definitely want to do another cruise at some point. I'm lucky that I live in Miami, which is a hub. So there are plenty of options. I'm looking forward to, to going with the right people. And again, the right group of people on the right type of ship, I think is, uh, is an experience that there's a lot of good. There's some bad, but there's a lot of good from that vacation. And it's, and it's easy in the sense that everything is in one place and you don't have to, you don't have to pack and unpack. You don't have to go to multiple airports. So I can see the advantages and I'm sure I'll be on one again in the future. What about you?
0: Uh, I'm definitely going to go on another one. I mean, this one, this trip that I was on was a lot different. Previous uh, cruise I was on was last year, which was the end of COVID. So the cruise that I was on was sort of the COVID cruise, as they, as they called it, and we weren't allowed to dock in port. So a lot of what, the activity of the eight-day cruise was spent uh, at sea. So a lot of gambling, a lot of, you know, a lot of, you know, onboard activities and so forth. This was less so uh, we, we went to from Orlando to to Mexico. So we got a chance to do some diving, some water sports at various locations. So it was pretty cool. Uh, a lot more families this time. So a lot y- younger. So I think I would definitely go on a cruise, but I would definitely want to try uh, more of the adult oriented cruises like um, Virgin and the others that have a bit more of a mature crowd, less, less children screaming in your ear. But uh, I'm a, i say I'm a cruiser, but I would say that I would definitely want to experience more cruising and would would recommend the cruising experience for those that haven't tried it uh, among our listener base.
1: And on that note, we want to thank you for listening to Modern Day Cruising, where we discuss the experience and its similarities to a city, (laughs) a city on the water as you have it, Uh, and we look forward to uh, having you join us for our next show coming up soon.
0: Thank you, everyone. See you next time.
1: You've been listening to The Real Estate Podcast. Give us a quick review and rating on iTunes. Check out our website at therealestate.co and let us know if there are any new topics you'd like to hear us address. We love hearing your feedback. See you next week.
0: Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform.